Reputations, we all have them. Like them or not, uh, it's something that travels around with us. When somebody thinks about you, they think about something. They think you're a good rancher, you're a good ball player, you are a good piano player, uh, you are friendly, outgoing, caring, or they might think the opposite. But everybody has a reputation. Everywhere you go, there's a reputation for that place. Think about the, your favorite restaurant. What is that restaurant known for? Right? Is it known for the service? Is it known for the kind of food that's prepared? Is it, is it known for just the, the coolness of the building? When we went on vacation last year, uh, Leslie and I, because our kids were in Idaho, we went to a place called Casa Bonita in Colorado. And that place is known for the, the whole building. I should have pictures up here. They have an indoor waterfall where they do like a, a skit and someone dives off and they have these mines you can go through. They have this... Uh, Stage where I think NFL players get drafted. I mean, they, they're there for their draft party. So this is known. And so it's, it's a really cool place. But anyone, anywhere has a reputation. I think about our church. Our church has a reputation. Whatever it is that people, when they drive by and they look and they see, something comes to mind to describe this building. And for some, it might just be as simple as First Baptist Church of Plevna. And that's okay. And they say, you're Baptist, and I know what you believe, and, and that's as much as they think about us. Within these walls, I want to be known as something different. I want to be known as the first Berean Church of Plevna. You know, you see that? First Berean. Anybody think that said Baptist or think I screwed up? So the first Berean Church of Plevna. That's what I want to be known as inside these words, these walls. Not because I'm up here talking. It doesn't matter who's up here talking or who's teaching, but I want to be known as the first church of Berean, uh, first Berean church of Plevna as a church that clearly presents God's word and the people inside the walls of these church uh, take the word seriously, that we check it out to see if it's really true. So I just am going to encourage you. I haven't done this for a long time. I'm going to encourage you to get out your Bible and follow along and to be Berean. Because that's our challenge for today is to be Berean, like the church that Paul talks to. Now, when Paul starts out talking or, or on his missionary journey, he goes to a place called Thessalonica. While he's there, the people there are not interested in what Paul is saying. Paul moves on to the church of Berea, where Paul describes this church of uh, as a church that's checking out everything that's really true. So today we're going to see if Paul goes to through Amphipolis, Apollonia. I know those are just names, but he settles in Thess Thessalonica, and then he goes on to Berea before ultimately he heads down to Athens. But that's where Paul is going to be. And ultimately, we're going to settle on James 1, to 25. Don't just listen to what the word says. It's great that you stick it up here, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't go out here. If it doesn't go out here, if it doesn't go out here, it doesn't do any good to put it all up here. So let's let's pray and ask God's blessing on this message and, and the, for the ability for me to not stumble on talking and to preach God's word accurately. God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for Paul. I thank you for his ministry that he did on the second missionary journey to go from place to place to share your word. I thank you, God, for his courage to speak even when people were not ready to listen. I thank you for the Brian Church that they were willing to hear your truth from your word as from you. God, I just pray for myself that right now I would... I would enunciate that I would speak clearly that everything you want to come out of my mouth would come out and be heard uh, as words from you and not words from me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So first of all, Paul's traveling from place to place. We just see that on a map. Uh, so we're going to start out. What is it that Paul is trying to share with these people? So the first thing we're going to look at is Paul's message. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. It says, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead. That was Paul's message from the get-go. We looked at previous passages in Acts, and this is basically the message that Paul is trying to share, that Jesus had to die and he had to be raised again from the dead. But Paul's not just out there speaking on his own, saying, hey, look at all the head knowledge I have, and look at what I have to share with you. It says that Paul, he's reasoning with them. He's explaining, he's proving it to them. So reasoning means he's teaching in the synagogue. In a, in a preaching, in a teaching type situation, he's saying, here is the information that you need to know. But he's also explaining to them. He's opening up the scriptures to them. He's trying to help them understand, this is what scriptures really says, and he's proving it to them. He's showing them in the scriptures. This is where it says the information I'm trying to get across to you. And possibly, you know, because he's he's working from the Old Testament, possibly he's in a passage such as Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 6. Verse 5 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought you and I peace was upon him by his wounds. We we're healed. He's getting out that message of Jesus to these people, not by his own words, not by his own skill, by showing them and trying to prove from scriptures, this is what is really true. If they're willing to open up their eyes, if they're willing to listen, if they're willing to follow along, they're going to see it for themselves that this is really true. And Paul was trying to use God's word to explain to people. But there are those in Thessalonica who I'd say wouldn't check it out. And I say wouldn't check it out because when we get to Berea, he talks about people who are willing to check it out, they're willing to accept his message, and it's in contrast to the people of Thessalonica. So first of all, those who would not check it out, it's going in one ear and out the other. Pretty common, right? How many teachers in school feel like that happens all the time? Right? <laughs> I got a couple smiles. In one ear, out the other. How many parents can say the same thing? Right? Preachers sometimes feel like they, they can say the same thing. Okay, so Acts chapter 17, verses 5 through 9, those who would not check it out. It says the Jews were, were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. They formed a mob, and they started a, a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men have caused trouble all over the world, have now come here. Which Paul and Silas are trying to get everywhere. Paul and Timothy, Paul and whoever are trying to get out there to share the message message and it is there um, it says verse 7 Jason has welcomed them into his house they are defying Caesar's decree saying that there is another king one called Jesus and when they heard this the crowd and the city officials were thrown into a turmoil verse 9 says then they made Jason and the others post bond and they let them go all these Jews in the synagogue were very jealous. Here you have Paul coming in. He's sharing a message different from what they're sharing. And all these people are turning to hear this message of what Paul is, is teaching. 
And they, and they, they are taking offense at the fact that these people are doing this. And they say, we've got to put a stop to this. Let's, let's form a mob. Let's get a bunch of us together. Let's get these bad characters from the city to join us. Let's go take off after and go to Jason's house. Jason's house, possibly Jason was a relative. Possibly he was uh, uh, a new believer who was one of those people who uh, came to know Jesus through the ministry of Paul because he's been there for at least three Sabbath days, probably more, even though it says three. Uh, commentaries are saying he's probably there much longer, but they are going to his house to try to stop him. As a group, they're in search of Paul and Silas trying to stop him from sharing this message about Jesus. Why? Because they heard it and they did not accept it as true. They heard it, but they wouldn't use their eyes. They wouldn't see if it was really true. They grew up in a synagogue, most likely. They grew up hearing this message about God, but they didn't hear a message about Jesus, so they weren't willing to accept that possibly there was more. But this isn't like somebody just comes in who's sharing another gospel. Because Paul used the scriptures to show them that the Messiah that you were looking for in the Old Testament is here. So he's just saying, here's the rest of the story. But those people said, we are not willing to accept your message. And so they were trying to do whatever they could to eliminate the message. They, they wouldn't accept what Paul was saying. They wouldn't even check it out. But they, that they uh, because they just expected that they were right. They were happy with what they already knew, and they thought that was enough. And I'm guessing something really sad about this. It costs a lot of those people their salvation. Because he was pre presenting the message of Jesus, and they didn't want it. How are you going to get to heaven without Jesus? You're not. And they're rejecting the message Paul is saying about Jesus. And if that never came back around, or if no one ever convinced them, then they did not go to heaven. So because of their lack of listening, their lack of searching it out to see what's really true, it had a very hefty price tag. You know, today in Plevna, in Baker, around the whole world, there are people who are just the same as the people that Paul's talking to. People who are sitting in a situation where they're hearing the message presented, but they're not really checking it out to see if it's really true. And I realize that takes a lot of work. You know, everybody around the world has busy, busy lifestyles. They have lots of other extracurricular things they're doing. You have a job. You have your own hobbies. You come to church. And then you got to sit there and listen to me, who's hopefully interesting enough for half an hour to, to teach something. But they, they, they don't want to read it. They don't want to follow along. They don't want to check it out. They don't want to ask questions. They just want to say, tell me what I need to know. You're paid to do that. I'm, I'm trusting you to do that, which is, which is one of the excuses why, why I think why people don't. I have a couple excuses. Why don't people check out what they're hearing is really true? One is flattering. I, I don't check it out because Josh said it. It must be true, right? Josh studied it all out. Josh looked at commentaries. Josh should know. He got all that extra training. So I'm just going to accept that what Josh is saying is true. But you know what the Bible doesn't say? It doesn't say take Josh's word for it. It doesn't say take the preacher's word for it. It says check it out to see if what you're hearing is really true. You think about radio preachers and teachers, uh, those who write books. You think about people like 
Dr. David Jeremiah, and think about people like R.C. Sproul. You guys have heard both those names, right? I bring up Dr. David Jeremiah all the time, but R.C. Sproul is just as popular. Well, you know what they do is they, they study out the scriptures. They do their best as they write a book to make it accurate and to, to speak the truth. But you know what? There are certain things that both of these guys do not agree on. Now, which one is right? I don't know. When I'm listening to David Jeremiah, he sounds right. When I listen to R.C. Sproul, he sounds right. But there are certain things they do not agree on. They can't both be right. You know, you think about Pastor Eric. We, we are both in the same town. We, we believe almost exactly the same thing, but we don't believe everything the same. He's teaching some things. I'm teaching something else. Who is right? So you can't say I'm going to take the preacher's word for it because at some point the preacher is going to be wrong. The guy who wrote the book is going to be wrong. The guy who's on the radio or on the Internet speaking truth that sounds so convincing is going to be wrong. So you've got to do your due diligence. So you can't say I'm just trusting the speaker. You can't, it's an excuse, but don't use it. Uh, another one is what? Well, I can't find all the books in the Bible. You know, when you go from book from Acts to something else, I can't find those books. Well, there's a lot of cheap things out there. There's like the little markers. There's the front of the Bible that has page numbers. You know, in Awana, we spend a lot of time singing the books of the Bible songs, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Those kids know the books of the Bible. That's not a good excuse. You can learn them, right? We can learn where these books are at. Um... We, we can have the excuse, how am I? How am I really going to know what's right or wrong? Right? I'm just Josh. I'm just whatever, whoever you are, and say, how am I really going to know? I didn't do all this studying. I didn't do all this work. How am I going to be able to determine what's right or wrong? That's why you study. That's why you read. That's why you ask questions so that you can see for yourself if what you're hearing, God will help you. You ask God to help you to know what to know. Uh, he's going to help you know pretty much everything that you are asking to know. But there's one really big elephant in the room, unspoken excuse. And it's that I really don't care. I don't care what I'm hearing. I don't care if it's true. I'm just people around the world put themselves in a position in churches in in youth rallies in big places on the radio. And they, they listen to that, but they really don't care if what they're hearing is true. They just don't want to accept it's true, but they have no intentions of walking out and doing anything with it. It's just like a kid in a history class. What they do? I mean, I have to know it for a test, but I don't really care if it's true. I don't really care about photosynthesis if that's really true in a science class. I don't really care in math if this, I'm not going to use this for anything, right? Those are the, that's a lot of people, when you come to a church, or when people come to a church, they think, okay, that's nice. I'm going to walk out my door and do exactly what I've always done. They may not think those words, but in their actions, that's what they're doing. So there are those who put themselves in the position to hear what God is saying, but they don't check it out. They don't care. They don't want to check it out. They accept it as true because whoever's saying is saying it, uh, but that's not the way to be. You have the Bereans. You have those who would, who would check it out. Verse 10 through 12. Acts 17, 10 through 12. It says, as soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Verse 11 says, now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul was saying was really true. Way to go. You know, any, any teacher, any good preacher, any good Bible 
school study teacher, Bible school teacher wants that. They want you to see it for yourself. You know, I don't want you to shut your Bibles and say, watch well, just because I'm saying it's true. I'm not because I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Somebody who says, just take my word for it. Don't don't take your word for it. You've got to check it out to see if it's really true. But those in Berea, you know, they, they had a wide range of people. They had people who grew up in their synagogue their whole life, just like in a church. Some of you have been here your whole life. And there are people who just got saved. And there are people in churches who are just new believers. The whole spectrum of people uh, there as well as churches today were in that situation where they were checking it out to see if it's really true. They received it with eagerness, uh, with readiness of mind. They, they went to church, they went to the synagogue, ready to hear what is it that the scripture says? What is this pastor, what is this person going to teach me? And it says they examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was really true. They opened up their eyes. They checked it out. They followed along. And for them, it was much harder, you know, because all of us have a Bible, at least a pew Bible in front of us. We can follow along to see, yes, these words are really there. I think this is what this really means. For them, it took going and getting a scroll and looking through it and trying to decide. But they did that. They put in the extra work to see if what Paul was saying was really true. And because of this, Paul said that they were noble. You know, they weren't they weren't like the average, you know, you think about a noble person or, or like nobility. You have the king and all his family and then the rest of us. Right. You have the, the select few. It says they uh, Matthew Poole, a commentator, says they were not prejudiced or obstinate. They patiently heard. Hmm. They seriously thought about this and then they compared it to scripture. Paul says because they were doing that, they were uh, they were caught above. They were better. They were, in a sense, better than the rest. They're checking to see uh, that what they were hearing was really true. And we can be Berean just as much as them. We can be Berean easier than they can be could be Berean. Because like I just said, we all have our Bible. We can all follow along. Uh, you know, if we're going to be Berean today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow along. We're going to see what is scripture really saying. Some of you are going to take notes. Uh, we, have, we also we have other resources that as, as a church, we try to get out there to help us to be Berean. Usually an email comes out on Friday that says, hey, this is the passage we're going to read. All you got to do is click on that hyperlink or the email link, and it takes you to the email, and you can read through to say, get your mind ready. I want to be eager. I want to say, what, what are we going to learn about this passage? Uh, during the week, uh, Wednesday, we have sermon snippets that come out, which is pretty much this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give you exactly what I'm saying so that you can check it out to see if it's really true. There's a lot of, like, extra stuff that... It's just Josh notes that you'd be like, okay, I'm not reading all this. It's not really worth it. Uh, so I try to break it down. But the bulk of the message is right there. You can check it out to see, you know, if you have a question, what did he mean? What did he say? Read the sermon notes. We have it on YouTube. We have a podcast. Go back and re-listen to it. If something doesn't sound right, don't say, oh, well, don't say, well, it must be true. Go check it out. That's what the Bereans did. And I want to encourage you, don't take my word for it. Don't take David Jeremiah's word for it. Don't take R.C. Sproul or Pastor Eric's word for it. Don't take your Bible study's word for it. Um, do what God's word says to see if it's really true. Here's something you could do. You can come talk to me about it. 
Call me up on the telephone. Hey, what did you mean when you said that? I promise I won't bite you. I promise I won't be offended. I won't be bothered. I'll be happy. Maybe I'm not as clear as I think I am. Maybe there's something that together, because I, I learned through conversations too. That's part of why I like that Sunday school class is because I learn as we go. And if I'm, if I'm not clear, if I'm not explaining something, it's good for me to hear uh, the questions that you have. So come and talk about it. I won't feel threatened. I won't bite you. We have online resources. Two of the, my favorite resources I'm always trying to push off is BibleHub.com. There's a list of commentaries, and you can see different views and different opinions. But don't just take their word for it either. Check it out. See if this is what Scripture really says. Or GotQuestions.org. You can type in questions and follow. They give Scripture reasoning for why they think what they think. And so there's a number of resources that you can use in the privacy of your own home, in the simplicity of a phone call, in the, the wide open spaces of a church to make sure that what you're hearing is really true. But just like the people in Thessalonica, there's people in churches today, people who are sitting in a tractor listening to a message, people who are uh, driving down the country, you know, from point A to point B in a, in a big truck that are missing out because they're just, they're just hearing it and they're not checking out if it's really true. And some of those truths they're hearing are not right, but they're accepting it as true. And there's going to be people who miss out on heaven. I guarantee you there's going to be people missing out on heaven because they didn't, uh, they didn't check out what they're hearing. You, everybody gets to go to heaven. Okay, great. I'm part of everybody. I get to go. Uh, you, you get baptized, you go to heaven. Great. I was baptized. You know, I, all my goods outweighed my bad. I get to go to heaven. I'm an American. I get to go to heaven. Those things all sound really nice. But are those true? No. But people are believing that kind of stuff because they did not check it out. You've got to check out what you're hearing, if it's really true or not. And then there are those who try to stop others from checking it out. You know, the same people from uh, Thessalonica... They didn't like Paul when he was there. They traveled down about 60 miles to Berea to try to stop Paul's message there. It says, Acts 17, 13. When the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, they went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. And so they had to send Paul off to, uh, oh, to, uh, Athens and later on Timothy and Silas were going to join him along the way but you have people who are they're following Paul around trying to stop his ministry because they wanted to stop everybody else from hearing his message that happens in today's world you know uh, in other countries you think about China a lot of places or maybe the whole thing it's illegal to be a Christian they don't want the name of Jesus going out there uh, the, people get persecuted for their faith to try to stop them that's why they have underground churches because people are saying this is really worth living and dying for, but there are certain countries where it's against the law and they're trying to stop it. They don't want it for themselves and they don't want you to know it either, right? In, in, in America, that happens. I, I think about how many times have I witnessed in camp, in church, in Awana settings where people clearly don't want to hear the message. You know, you think about kids who are, who are sitting there and all of a sudden I'm poking my, my neighbor. All of a sudden, I'm throwing paper. All of a sudden, my favorite story in the whole world, I'm doing the fish hook. <laughs> if you know that story, it's great. 
But they're, they're, they're obviously not interested. I mean, they're not chasing you around trying to stop you from talking. No one's chasing me around. But people sit in pews. They'll, they'll distract people with their phones. They'll do whatever that they can to try to distract other people from hearing the message. It happens. I don't care about it. I don't think it's worry. You don't think you need to worry about that either. <clears throat> so we spent the bulk of our time just talking about those who said, I don't really care about this. Those who said, I, I'm going to check out to see if this is really true. And those who say, I really don't care if, if anybody else knows about this either. Uh, I need a couple volunteers. I need three volunteers to come up here, please. I'll give you an airhead, a very simple answer. Okay, I got, I got three volunteers. Very, very simple questions. Come on. Really? Okay, we got three. Good. I didn't see it, Weston. Okay. Now, here's the question. You, you go to school every day, right? You're a smart kid, but you don't know everything. right? If your teacher tells you you have an exam coming up, on Friday, she says, here's all the information you need to know, but you never study, you never read it, you don't pay attention in class, how much good does it do you to know there's an exam coming? It does you no good. Very simple. Okay, you want that one? Okay. Blaine, you live out in the country. Let's say it gets really hot this summer and there's a big fire that burns all the way through and uh, it's coming from Mile City and it gets to 12 Mile and, and you just, it gets coming and uh, you, you hear this fire's coming and you can't do anything to get out of the way. How much good does it do you to, to know it's coming if you just stay, you sit in your lawn chair while the, while the um, fire's coming? Okay. It does you no good. Okay, good. This is tough work. Okay, Blaine, you were eating chocolate last night. You got it all over your face. You're a messy eater. Mom says, hey, Blaine, or uh, Weston, uh, you got something on your face. Why don't you go check it out? Weston does. He goes and checks it out and says, yep, I got chocolate on my face. He comes back out and sits down to watch the rest of the basketball game. But you didn't take it off your face. How much good did it do you to check out the, or to uh, go look in the mirror? No good. No good, right? Think about we're in church. We go to Bible study. We're sitting here listening to the message. We're sitting in Sunday school. We're listening to David Jeremiah on the radio. We hear all these truths, but we don't do anything of what it says. How much good did it do us to hear that? No good. Sorry, I don't have candy to just throw to everybody, but it doesn't do us any good. We've got to put it into practice. So yes, you had the Bereans who were checking it out to see if it was really true. They were accepting this message, but I think they were taking it and they were putting it into practice. James chapter 122 to 25 says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. That doesn't do you any good. You can fill this head full of all the, all the questions to all the Bible trivia questions, uh, all the answers to all the Bible trivia questions. Uh, you, you can be able to have conversations and tell everybody where it's at in the Bible. But if you're not doing it, it's not doing you any good. It doesn't do me any good to get up here to know chapter and verse and how to defend my faith in the tribulation view and here's what all the Old Testament's about and be able to answer all these tough questions if I don't apply it to my life. It's like Weston going to look at his face in the mirror, chocolate on it, and does nothing about it. It does absolutely no good. So I want to encourage us to be Berean, to check out to see if what you're hearing is really true. 
Yes, it's there. No, it's not there. I mean, I just, I just talked for like 25 minutes. Is everything that you heard true? Good, hope so, right? How do you know? You have to check it out. You know, think about the radio you're listening to on the way to Plevna. I want that good preaching before I get to preaching. On the way home, how do you know that's true? Because David Jeremiah said it? You're going to have to check it out. What about your Bible study book or your daily bread that you're reading through? How do you know that's true? There's a lot of good speakers, a lot of good authors that can present anything a certain way. But how are you going to know unless you check it out? Make your reputation Berean. Be the guy who challenges what you hear to see if it's really true. But don't just fill it up here. Let it come out in your fingers. Let it come out in your feet. Let it come out in your words. And let God's word change you and challenge you like it did the Berean church. Let's be known as the first Berean church of Plevna, at least within inside these walls. Let's pray. Father God, I do thank you for the example of the Brain Church. I thank you, God, for their their heart uh, to to be willing to sit and listen to what they were they were hearing and to see if it was really true. And I know some of it was probably challenging to their faith. It's, maybe some of it was hard to hear, but God, they said this is true, and they I think they changed their lives in accordance with it. And we're going to have brothers and sisters in heaven because they saw that the gospel was really true that Paul was teaching. I just pray that we would be Berean also with, with the message we just heard, with the Sunday school we're going through, with the Bible study classes, with the books that we read, with the, the teachers on the radio and the Internet. God, don't let us be people who just take it because someone said it, but let us see for your word what's really true. And then let us take it and, and live it out in our lives. Please help us to be Berean. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.